This is The Space Shot, Episode 5 for May 19th, 2017. Apollo 10 and Venera 1. Welcome to The Space Shot, a short, because we've all got things to do, an educational journey into space history, pop culture, and space news. Yesterday we talked about the launch of Apollo 10, but I didn't get into specifics on that mission. Today we get a little bit more in-depth with the crew of Apollo 10 and what they did at NASA before being selected for the Apollo 10 mission. After the launch and rendezvous of the command module Charlie Brown and lunar module Snoopy, the crew of Apollo 10 settled in for a roughly two-day journey to the moon. Since there isn't much to cover during the coast phase of this mission, we're going to talk about the three-man crew that made up Apollo 10. Mission Commander Thomas Stafford was selected in the second group of NASA astronauts and spent his years leading up to the Apollo 10 flight assisting with software development and mission planning and analysis for the Apollo missions. Before Apollo 10, he flew on Gemini 6A, the closest orbital rendezvous of two spacecraft at that time, and Gemini 9A. We can thank Stafford for pushing NASA to adopt color television cameras on all of the Apollo missions. John Young, the command module pilot, flew on the Gemini 3 and Gemini 10 missions. The infamous sandwich episode involved Young hiding a corned beef sandwich in his spacesuit pocket and carrying it with him in the Gemini capsule, the Molly Brown. John Young was one of the three people that traveled to the moon twice, on Apollo 10 and Apollo 16. The other two were Jim Lovell on Apollo 8 and Apollo 13, and Gene Cernan on Apollo 10 and Apollo 17. Eugene, or Gene Cernan, had flown on Gemini 9A with Thomas Stafford. He performed the second EVA, or extravehicular activity, in American spaceflight history, but due to a lack of handrails and footholds on the exterior of the Gemini spacecraft, he was unable to test the Astronaut Maneuvering Unit, which was a precursor to the Manned Maneuvering Unit that was tested during the shuttle era. Cernan would become the commander of Apollo 17 and is the last human to walk on the moon. Since I'm following the timeline of the actual Apollo 10 mission, I'll talk a little bit more about that mission on the 21st and 22nd once they enter orbit around the moon. Now for the second part of today's episode, missions to the planets in our solar system are a tricky business. Of the first 10 missions to Venus, only one was a total success. Two missions failed due to a spacecraft failure, and seven missions failed due to launch failures, or as they call them in the space industry, launch anomalies. The Soviet-launched Venera 1 made its way to within roughly 62,000 miles of Venus. For reference, the distance from the Earth to the Moon is 238,900 miles, give or take. So if the Earth and the Moon made up posts of a hockey net, the Venera 1 hockey puck would have gone right through the net. Venera 1 didn't return any scientific data because radio contact with the probe was lost before the flyby. The probe did make three successful contacts with Earth during the trip to Venus, these brief instances allowed the Soviet scientists to gather data on the solar wind, and there's Mr. Tim, and on cosmic rays along the trajectory of the probe. The Venera 1 probe stood 6 feet 8 inches tall and was over 3 feet wide. For those of you that watch Star Trek, like me, it looks like a bulked up, more rotund version of the Nomad space probe from the original series episode, The Changeling. During the Cold War, the race to develop rocket technologies that were capable of launching the largest and most deadly nuclear weapons was ahead at full speed. The American Mariner 1 probe, which was destroyed during launch, weighed in at only 447 pounds compared with the 1,419-pound Venera 1. 
The Soviet Union enjoyed a lead in booster technology for a time, but eventually the Americans and NASA caught and surpassed the Soviets. The race to send a spacecraft to Venus meant that there were numerous attempts before and after Venera 1. The Venera 1, American Mariner 1, and Soviet 2MV-1, a Venusian lander, all ended in failures, either from booster or spacecraft malfunctions. Eventually, the United States would conduct a successful flyby of Venus on August 27, 1962. A decade after the Venera 1 probe slipped silently by Venus, the Soviet Union made history with the first operational lander, Venera 7. The probe carried a lander that touched down on the surface of Venus in March of 1972. The immense pressure and heat on the surface of Venus means that any spacecraft that lands there only has a short period of time to function before it succumbs to the elements. In tomorrow's episode, I'm going to bring some havoc to the podcast, so be sure to listen in. Now that the Space Shot is available through iTunes Podcasts, I would be thrilled if you could write a review for the show. Right now is a critical time for the Space Shot, especially with how iTunes determines rankings for new shows. So writing a review, sharing the show on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, everywhere you connect with your friends and family would be awesome and greatly appreciated. I'm super appreciative of the comments I've received so far, so don't be shy with the review on iTunes. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.